0: Welcome to the Green Zone Podcast, the show that teaches oil and gas executives how to take command of their finances and live in the green. Your host, Jeff Green from Green Financial Group, will be your financial guide, all while giving you a tour of the most beloved and best kept secret spots around Houston, Texas. Now, on to the show.
1: Hey, are mom and dad leaving you money in their will? Wait, do they even have a will? An estate plan? What the heck are your kids spending all their money on? Why do they keep asking for more? the joy of family finances. Well, how do you start the conversations you know you should be having? That's why Jeff Green and Lauren Smith are here. They have some answers. Go for it, folks.
2: Kids these days, I'll tell ya. What are you gonna do with them, Lauren?
1: What are you gonna do
2: with them? I don't know. Kids, parents, in-laws and outlaws. Everybody wants your money. What? is? What? What is why, that? What, is, is that?
1: <laughs> what a start to this podcast.
2: <laughs> so you know, we just we did a podcast last week. We had Doctor Vincent in, right? And he's a clinical psychologist deals with all, you know, all family issues, but we talked to him specifically about, you know, money and really with couples, Because
1: couples and money. It's a big topic, right? A lot of times they don't see eye to eye. There's a lot of issues that can be really deep when it comes to money and spouses. And he had a,
2: I had great, great ideas there. So if you're a spouse and you're, you know, you're, you're having trouble, go listen to that podcast and listen to that. We will talk today, still about family, but not necessarily about the couple, but what about your parents? What about the in-laws? What about your kids? right? I mean they're always a pain. Well, but how do how do you deal with the money issues with those members of your family?
1: You know, I think starting with parents is an important one because as parents get older, there come there needs to come a time where you are consciously being aware that they are getting older. their limitations are starting to set in. Their ability to make informed decisions might be kind of dwindling. So at a certain point, there need to be conversations with parents about possibly adding yourself or another family member as a power of attorney, That's someone that's there that can make important decisions for them when, you know, they're no longer able to. That's a really important thing. Understanding their estate plans, what their, not just the financial side, but, you know, their medical end of life plans, what they, what their wishes are so that when the, you know, inevitable unfortunate time comes you know everyone's on the same track
2: yeah of- so i'm going to go back and i'll harp on something that we harp on all the time that's the vault right and so if you're a client of ours and this these things are widely available so i'm not trying to say that, but if you're a client of ours on our website we have something that we call the vault right and that's where we encourage all of our clients to upload all important documents that means wills passports bank accounts etc because when we go right we're going to leave our estate to somebody and you're going to name somebody the executor of your will and that is not it's not a flattering job it's not a fun job it's a it's not it's you know you you think it is a badge of honor if you're named the executor of this thing but i'm going to tell you i've been one and it's no fun and especially no fun if their records are scattered everywhere, and you have to spend literally years getting stuff together. So put it all in one place. And if you're the child and you have elderly parents, encourage them to a say, "Hey, mom, dad, you know, we need to have a talk. You know, break the ice gently. You know, we're having a morbid talk, but look, I need to know where things are. I need to know." you know, where your will is. I need to know what's in the will. I need to know what's in your estate. I need to understand things, how you want them to be when you go so that I can make sure I deliver that. So it's an important conversation to have. It's not always easy, but it is a must. I would say it is a must conversation. And if they don't have it all in one place, encourage them, maybe you take it and you create a vault for them, right? And put that documentation somewhere where you know, an heir can get out. You know, if you're the parent, make sure it's there. If you're the child, have that conversation with your parents. I promise you, if you think that you're going to be the executor of that estate, you better make sure you're having that conversation.
1: And, you know, and to that point also, if, let's say, your father is the one who's very in touch with the finances and he knows where the wills are, he knows where everything is, but the mother maybe isn't is in touch if you go and make this vault for them and you help gather all this information should the father pass first now the mother is still there and you know while she's alive <laughs> she'll need help with all of that information and so now you've helped her by getting it all together in one spot so that she's not lost and you know she's brought into the conversation of where the assets are and what all there is a, to have all right
2: <clears throat> so things to put in the vault what we got will
1: Medical power, medical powers of attorney, medical yes. directives. Medical directives are big, I especially. Think, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, with everything that's been going on in the country, the, lo- the world, the last couple of years. I mean,
2: medical directives are important, very important. And you know, hospital. You know, it's it's strange because you know, I had a friend go through this, but they're not. They're 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 not. It's somewhere with the medical directives and the doctors. They're not always. Yes. Sometimes you got to produce them. Sometimes you don't. And it's just kind of depends on where you are. But if you have somebody, if you have a, a loved one in a difficult situation in a hospital, and you have to now make those decisions, those medical decisions for them. Yeah, so sometimes you have to produce the papers and sometimes you don't. But, you know, if
1: you would never want to get in a situation where a loved one of yours needs a very important decision to be made, and you are going to make one in their best interest and you don't have the right to do that. So but if
2: you do have the right to do that, right, you have that medical directive, right? You need to know where that piece of paper is, because if you have to make a critical decision for a loved one in in a life or death situation, you better be able to produce that piece of paper. You don't have time
1: to be digging around folders and drawers and (laughs) attic spaces
2: and try
1: to figure out where mom might have hid this document she made 47 years ago.
2: Know where it is and know where it is today. Find it today.
1: And that's why these conversations are important, because your parents probably have something like that but who even knows if they know where it is.
2: Right, and a lot of, you know, a lot of you know maybe elderly parents, right? Like people my age with parents, when was the last time they even had their will updated? I mean, was I mean, they probably wrote an I love you will 50 years ago and stuck it somewhere they may not know where it is and then the they probably don't remember who the estate attorney was. They may have to get a whole new will done, right? Because no one knows where the old one is. It's not on file at the state. They don't file it. Okay. So you have to be able to produce it. And um, so you check with your folks if they're elderly or not. I mean, where's the will, mom and dad? We, we, do you know where it is? Can you, do you mind letting me know? Because I'm going to want to have to execute.
1: And to that point, you know, if you yourself are a little older and you have kids that are going to have to make these decisions for you, you know, help them out. They might be a little too young to be thinking about this. So, You let them know, hey, if something were to happen to me, here's where all this information is. My parents did that with me quite a few years ago and just said, there's this here's a folder, we keep it in this one spot in the house. It has every piece of information you will need if something happens to us. So I know I last time I went home, I was sitting at the not going to say where it is, but it's (laughs) I was sitting at a certain place in the house and I saw the folder and I knew that that's where. All this information is. I'm working to get them upgraded into the vault and you know brought to this century. But we've got a folder. We know where it is. It's up to date. It's constantly kept up to date. So, but talk to your kids about that also. That's you know not just your parents. Make sure everyone's on the same page.
2: You're sounding a little nasally today. You feeling okay?
1: I'm fine. You
2: sure? Yes. You don't have the Omicron or anything? I do not have the Omicron. Don't give it to me.
1: I don't have it. (laughs) Why are you interrupting this podcast?
2: we interrupt this podcast for a special message anyway talk about kids so my three boys i love them they're my world not the sharpest tools in the shed when it comes to finances but that's okay so we talked to the doc last week about you know some important things to 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 talk conversation i thought this was really good you know he said You know, I asked him, hey, what are the the top three things, you know, that you would give advice to a college age kid coming out of college, getting a a real world job? First and foremost, don't carry over credit card debt, right?
1: A credit card balance. I love that. Right. And I live by that, too. You know, I don't use a credit card as just like a free for all. I've got this X amount of limit and I'm going to spend and I spend what I can afford that month. I pay it off not paying interest. In yeah, don't plan.
2: don't. I think that's a valuable lesson for a kid to learn or they need to learn they understand it before they get in trouble with it, right? Because once you get in trouble, it's too late. But and, and other things like of course, I put groceries on my credit card. But if if for some reason that you are carrying a balance on your credit card, don't ever put perishable items on there. I mean, you don't want to be paying for your groceries that you had last week for the next six months. That's ridiculous. Right? If you I mean, you put other purchases on like Clothes or something, something that has a little value to it. But
1: I've never heard of that. Don't yeah, put perishable really? items on a credit card. Well, not if
2: you're going to carry a balance forward. A, don't ever carry a balance forward. But if you do, I mean, so, uh, think about it. Do you want to pay interest on the dinner that you had two weeks ago for the next six months? I,
1: mean, I certainly don't.
2: Of course not. That's ridiculous. But it would make more sense if you bought a suit or a, a nice dress or something. But so are but you have to, wear... to choose
1: between a suit or groceries.
2: Oh my God, you're missing my point. <laughs> I hope our listeners are so much smarter than you, <laughs> but no, my point is this, first of all, the, the lesson here really is don't carry the, the credit forward, right? You spend what you can afford. That's it. And, but if for some reason you have to have something on credit, that's what it's there for, right? We don't want to get crazy with it. Yeah. Make sure what you put on credit, is worth paying off over a period of time. Got it. Does that make okay, sense? I okay. understand that. So, the taco that I had last week ain't worth the six months it's gonna take to pay for. It's it, not right, but the suit I bought is definitely
1: is. Got it. Does
2: that make sense to you?
1: Learn its lessons. God, it's like you're good, my kid. I'm like, geez good, beating
2: my head up against the wall. It's
1: a good podcast.
2: <laughs> so, uh, you know one
1: thing, one kind of kid related financial thing that I like to: if you get a kid a credit card at an early age, when in college, instead of a debit card, keep a limit on it. So there's no unlimited spending, they're not racking up debt. But that's a great way to start having your kid get credit. Yeah, a lot of credit. Yeah. yeah. And so I always think that that's just a really good tip just it teaches them about a credit card and this is how much you have. It teaches about budgeting. I, I hate the whole with a debit card. They can overdraft and create. I mean, that keeps teaches right. budgeting too, but it kind of can create a mess as well.
2: Also your purchases on a debit card aren't necessarily, they're not uh, really protected. Not always, protected so I right.
1: so always like that one too.
2: Or if it gets like your number gets lifted, right? They take the cash. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's easier. It's easier to recover from a credit card than it is a debit card It is for sure.
1: And you get some points. <laughs> yeah. Always a nice bonus
2: yeah so the other thing uh he said was you know teach your kids to keep track of what they have keep track of their spending have a budget I mean right credit cards right so credit card companies are more than happy to give kids credit cards right they'll give it to all day long you can overextend your credit don't get too many credit cards one or two that's it I have two one for business one for personal that's it no department store credit cards none of that nonsense but keep track of your spending habits. Keep track of, and you'll think you're really good at this, by the way, because you you create spreadsheets on things and you you keep great track. Actually I Actually,
1: just did, updated my budget the other day. Did you? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Were you disappointed?
1: No, I was good. <laughs> okay, I was, I was. I trimmed some things off. I was. I was doing pretty good. Good. Good for you. I mean, it's moving forward in the past. I still gotta pay off all this stuff. <laughs> I went over budget last year, but that's neither
2: here nor there. Uh, neither. Well, it was. It was. What well, was twenty one. Did you have a 2020 hangover all of 21? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Uh, 2020 was a You
1: be. know, I think to your point about having them write down and really focus on where they're spending their money, it leads way into everything that we teach when we're doing financial planning, right? Mm-hmm. One of the first things that we need clients to come up with is how much money do you need to live on? And for a lot of our clients, when we do financial planning, we can help them come up with that number based on assets and, you know, other factors. But it's important to have an idea of this is how much we need to live this is how much we need to have fun this you know so if you're starting that at a young age of really paying attention of Okay, this is how much gas costs. This is how much rent costs. Right. It's a great and, and, and lesson you're right. Inter- to set them up for the Absolutely.
2: You know, and you're right, entertainment needs to be part of the budget. I mean, yeah. we all have to be It's
1: unrealistic to assume you're never going to go out,
2: right? It. Exactly.
1: And if you start doing that at a young age, I mean, we have people now, we have clients that retire and you say, "What's your budget?" You're like, "What's your annual spending?" And they have no idea. They're just kind of on autopilot. The yeah. credit card comes in, they pay. No idea what The more I mean, I'm sure they know the mortgage, but no idea what expenses are for entertainment and Groceries and yeah. whatnot. So if you start that young, it will really set you off, you know, for the long run.
2: And then we have the engineer client that will give us a twenty-page spreadsheet on everything they, they Sub,
1: subcategories <laughs> of grocery. you got the perishable, the non-perishable. I mean, it's, we got some detailed budgets. Out yeah, there. we do.
2: But you know, the other thing Dr. Vincent said, which I was really, um, I, was gonna, I, I was surprised a psychologist would say this. But I mean, have, very much happy because he's 100% correct, but that's about the planning. You know, you get like even a younger, a young couple, or I don't care how old you are. If you don't have a financial plan, get one. And he harped on that. He was the, you know, he was very adamant about making sure couples have a financial plan because like, as we talked about last week, right, couples often don't agree on monies and things. So the first thing you got to do is A, see what you got and then have a plan right? Whatever that whatever your goals are, right? Get a plan for it. Yeah. And you know, that's something good advisors can help you with. I, and, and again, Lauren, to your credit, you harp on that a lot. So kudos to you, you get to it, you get a you get a cookie today or something. Yay! <laughs> what else we got? What, what are some other good tips out there for our talks with family?
1: So let's say we've talked about parents, we've talked about kids, we talked about spouses in the other podcasts. But you know, a good thing with spouses is just to sit down and make sure you're on the same page. And just I think The thing with spouses is making sure you're having the potentially uncomfortable conversations along the way. And sometimes it's easy to sweep things like finances under the rug because it's, you know, it's not necessarily a fun conversation to have, but I think everyone will do better in the long run and be on the same page if you have those conversations.
2: Yeah. And one thing that again, Lauren, to your credit, Lauren instituted this in our, in our practice, the, the family phone call. And so we we help our clients, least we, we make the offer to, to some of our clients that if you want a family phone call, why don't you describe the family phone call? You do it better than me anyway. I
1: mean, the point of the family phone call is just, if we our clients have us as a resource, they can call us at any time, any financial question, do I buy, do I rent, do it, what, should I get a new credit card? What's a good interest rate? There's all kinds of, I mean, day-to-day things along the, also should I buy this? Should I invest in that? Should I take this much? How much should my taxes be? There's a lot of things. So our clients have us to help answer those questions. So what we want to do is just be a resource to their family members. Instead of having your kids go to Google and ask a friend who might not be the most knowledgeable, we just want to position ourselves as a resource, should be, as an extension of our relationship with our client, you know, we are there for the family to help in any way, shape, or form. And that just gets the, family the conversation. Involved.
2: Yeah. It gets everything. It's it family involved it gets kids involved with their piano, you know, And we're not, we're not doling out information about what mom and dad have to no, the kids. Not at, not at all. It's not about that. It's about helping the kids. And we have found clients with children who are very affluent And others with kids are kind of just starting out, you know, and, you know, we all struggle when we start out, little struggles there. So, but we want to having that conversation or having somebody facilitate that conversation as we do with our clients is beneficial for the client to help at least reach that, that topic and start to have that conversation.
1: And it also helps too, if something were to happen to our clients, the parents, The kids know who we are, they know how to access us. It's just a good way to make that introduction so that if they're dealing with this tragic, unfortunate event, you know, we're here to make the financial part as easy as possible.
2: Yeah, all right, anything else?
1: I think that's it for today.
2: All right, I hope you feel better.
1: I feel totally fine, thank you.
2: (laughs) Patrice, that's all we got today.
1: All right, well, don't miss any of Jeff Green and Lauren Smith's podcast. Goodness knows you never know what they're gonna say. All you have to do is follow The Green Zone and share with friends and family.
0: Thank you for listening to The Green Zone Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Green Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Advisors, Inc. Green Financial Group is not a registered broker or dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Jeff Green is the founder of Green Financial Group and is a registered principal of RJFS. The Green Financial Group is located at 6363 Woodway Drive, Suite 625, Houston, Texas, 77057 and can be reached at 713-244-3030. Raymond James is not affiliated with and does not endorse the opinions or services of his guests.